Welcome to Gender Meowster Podcast Network. Genderful is a talk show featuring non-binary and trans folks discussing various topics and special interests. We kindly remind our listeners that no person is a monolith of identities. All opinions are the speaker's own. This show airs live on Twitch at twitch.tv forward slash gender meowster and VODs with show notes can also be found on YouTube. Content warnings for this episode may include discussion of depression, transphobia, medical procedures, racism, and possibly death. Hi, Rosa. Thanks so much for being here. I, it's, I'm so delighted. I've been excited all day and calling my friends and telling them all about how you're on the show. I'll let you introduce yourself with your name and pronouns, but if you're just listening to this talk show for the first time ever and you don't know who the heck I am, my name is Gender Meowster and I use they, them pronouns. Well, thank you for having me. I am Rosa. I use she, her pronouns. I, I am a trans woman from Australia. And yeah, I am the director of development for the Transverse. And I am also a streamer. It's true. You're really cool. And you do cool things. And people should definitely go follow you in all the places. <laughs> so Rosa, I think I met you through the Transverse. So I found out about the Transverse at all because we're both in the Trans Community Center Discord server. And there was like, for a while, there was three content creators who were posting regularly, and then one trickled off, and then there was just the two of us. And we're still in there tearing it up, having a good time. But I was like, who are these Transverse people that are so cool and doing cool trans things? And so somehow through navigating into the, the waters, the galaxies of the Transverse, I found you. And you're really neat. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, we found that eventually all like the trans creators start knowing each other. We start, what we really want to do is support each other, really. Yeah, we try to look for other people that can join in, collab with us and meet new awesome people. So awesome. How funny that as we're talking about this, the transverse raids into the Twitch channel. I don't usually verbally acknowledge raids, but... Hey, the Transverse. Welcome in. Glad you're here. Hi, everyone. Hi. So exciting to have you here. So yeah, the Transverse is very cool. You do a lot of programming, don't you? You like write bots and manage Discord servers and make buttons work. And yeah. you do all the stuff that I definitely cannot do. And I'm so glad other people can. <laughs> yeah. If you've ever been on the Transverse, pretty much all of the custom bots are written by me. Like the bot that asks you the questions at your when you first come in for accessing the server, that bot is written by me. If you go to the role room and there's a whole bunch of buttons and stuff, that's all done by me. I've been even working on the leveling system because there were other leveling bots for Discord, but they wanted you to pay money to use all their like features and I'm like no I can do that myself I'll, I'll build it from scratch that's fine so we've got a whole leveling system now that is integrated into our server which restricts you from certain rooms if a troll does get in they won't be able to see all like the sensitive rooms social media stuff and like people posting selfies because those are the mm -hmm. places that they'll probably go to first so I've made it so that you have to be interactive in the community to 
access more of the server, but not just from getting people to talk, but it's also a safety feature for the people who are already there. Speaking of safety features, there's one other very impressive safety feature, at least that I know of, that you've built or contributed to. We've talked about it on the show before, so we don't need to go super in-depth, but for those who have no idea what Aegis is, do you want to tell our listeners and viewers about that? Yes. So Aegis, that is, the word itself means shield, so that's where the name comes from. But the Aegis system is a special Discord for streamers and Discord owners who can sign up and we share information and usernames and IDs of troll uh, troll accounts or warning systems for hate raids coming in. So if one person in the community has some trouble with trolls and a hate raid, they can post those IDs on Aegis and that gets announced to all the registered streamers and Discord owners so that they can preemptively ban those accounts and protect themselves from any possible raids, hate raids going at the time. So I there was a previous Discord that did the same thing and that disappeared one day and then we thought this is leaving a big safety gap for people and pretty much the transverse decided that they will make their own and I was I've got the know-how to program bots and stuff I will just do it and within I think it was about three days I got the whole system up and going so three days yeah it's like my little long weekend an incredible thing it took up most of my time but yeah I was like no we we need this system going because it was the system that was before that was run by other people had a lot of had a lot of people on it and so they lost a, a service pretty much and I'm like no, we, this is something we need. The people that were there, most of them have come back. But yeah, so that's very important service we provide for LGBTQIA+. So at the moment, we, I think Aegis represents, if we get all the communities added up together, I think we represent about, I think it was like 20,000 people all up. Mm-hmm. And that's constantly growing. So we are going to advertise it to more people soon, but there is like a rigorous process if yeah. you do want to sign up. There is, because trans safety matters. Before we started the official show, you heard the pre-show where I was talking about not having enough moderation on social media and how challenging that is, to say it briefly. <laughs> The Clouder of Meowsters, which is the name for my community on Discord, is grateful to have the opportunity to use Aegis. And like we're processing bans daily. It's really a, a powerful tool. And I love that the more people that join, the better it's going to be. Like, because you have more data points and pieces of information. And oh gosh, I'm just, I'm so grateful that Aegis exists. Thank you for not only making it, which took you three whole entire days all day. I don't know if you even slept. Um, 
but also maintaining it because there's something about with software like you write it but then updates happen and you have to do patches and all kinds of stuff and so it's not like you you just get to make a baby you have to raise the baby too yeah (laughs) so thank you thank you for doing so many things (laughs) i've gotten things like oh that can be more efficient i'm gonna update that so Mm -hmm. that looks better or it gets announced quicker or things like that. So I am working on, I'm always working on ways or thinking of things to just improve the system. So there are things that I'm thinking about doing, but um, I'm not ready to implement yet. It's totally fine. You don't have to tell us. I will say I've also, Rosa, I found you very approachable. So if I have a feature request that I come up with, I feel like it's very easy not only technically, but emotionally to tell you, hey, I have an idea. What do you think? And you're usually extremely responsive. It's incredible. Yeah. All the hype and the love for how great you are. And thank you for helping trans people all over the place be safer on the internets. Yay. Yeah, because I'm always open up to new ideas and features and things. I'm like, if I can do it, I'll probably implement it. Yeah, that's so good. So with all of that exciting transfers talking established, I'm going to back up a little bit and do what we usually do at the beginning of the show, which is ask you the question, what are some things that you trace back to your youth that indicated you might be trans one day? The thing is, there was no, I don't know, signs or like anything like that. It was like a slow burn ever since I could remember it was something that was on my mind like my dad had like a little library of like different types of books and there was like one about the human body there was like it was like a collection Mm -hmm. and I would go through that and I'd always get to the part that was about men and women and I'd be like I never get stuck on it in a way and I'd always come back to that and look at the I know the women and the men and the soul but I want to be I want to be that was me as a kid this was me in like year one primary school looking at all that and then Growing up, that was like always on the in the back of my mind. Like that's I didn't identify with the man in the book and how it like they were. And I don't know, it just slowly burnt over time. And I would always see things on the news and I don't know there'd be trans articles on TV and nothing negative. It'd be like, oh, there's this person and this is how they're different. And I would always think to myself, oh, they're so lucky. Why can't I be like that? Mm-hmm. That's close to closer to how I see myself than everyone else. And no, I never came to the realization until many years later that was me. That's 
I was a trans person and and I was pretty much stopping myself because I didn't have it was never taught and I never had the language or anything like that to say that yes that was me and I remember I think I was in about grade six or seven my mum was going through menopause so she had these estrogen pills and I picked them up and looked at them one day and I'm like if I took these would it do anything and I was like nah and I put them back and didn't think about it for a long time and then after I did a lot of my research and I came out and everything and I'm like I had the right idea all along but I just didn't know how like how I was going to do it I had no words to describe it (laughs) It's, I've never heard a trans person say that they like found their parents HRT when they were a kid and thought about it. <laughs> yeah, because because when my in my dad's library with those books, it described women have estrogen, men have testosterone, blah blah blah. Mm-hmm. So I had that knowledge. Yeah, from a very young age, and when I looked at the pills and I had it said estrogen on it and I'm like yeah that's the girl one if I took it would I turn into a girl yes you're also a girl without it at the time I was like no I'm being silly I can't do that but here we are now yes oh my gosh this is such a great conversation. I'm grinning so hard. We barely started. I'm grinning so hard. My face hurts. This is already so much fun. Um, how has your rela- relationship to gender evolved over time? So you had these experiences as a young person. And now you've, in my opinion, you very much pass. I don't know if that's a goal of yours or not, but in my opinion, you totally do. For those maybe listening later, you've got your cool long hair going on. And clearly your voice training has gone well because you totally to my brain read as feminine when I hear you talking and yeah how did you get from young AMAB staring at your mom's estrogen pills to being the beautiful woman that you are today the thing is I was never I know raised to be like super masculine like my parents would push me more that direction oh you have to be into cars you have to like do all these like specific athletics things you have to push me that way but like my mum when I was younger she would never dress me into like super mass clothes Mm -hmm. I'd wear like short shorts and I don't know not super mask tops it would just be it would be neutral things Mm -hmm. and I remember when I was 18 I started thinking about it more and my dad like pretty much forced me like every month to to get like a super short haircut and when I was 18 he took me to the barbers and um pretty much shaved a lot of my hair off and I cried for two days about it oh <laughs> and I like 
I didn't know why I was so upset about the hair because it's hair, but it was very important to me that like I wanted longer hair. Mm-hmm. So after that point, I, I grew my hair out to about this length. It was like two years mm-hmm. that I didn't cut my hair so I grew it out this long yeah like ribcage um, waist length yeah so yeah. that's when I started like dressing not feminine but not masculine more like trying to hide myself baggy clothes the stereotypical hoodie yep. the all that stuff even in Just summer I would yeah, in summer I would wear a jacket and all that stuff and even it never clicked why I was doing that. I just I felt like I needed to. But and then I went through a whole phase of no, I have to cut my hair off. I'm going to make it short. And I flipped back more masculine presenting and then I was like no, I don't like this. And then so I started growing my hair out. I started flipping back and forwards between how I presented myself. And then eventually I was like, I started looking things up. I don't know where it, where I got it from, but I started looking up about trans folks and I started identifying more with that. And then, I don't know, it just, as I said, it was like a slow burn. I'm like, oh, okay. Yeah, that's that. I think that's me. And then I started growing my hair out. And then I came out to my partner and it was like, okay, I'm trans now. Not now, but I've always yeah. been. But like publicly, I was okay. This is me now. And this is what I've always been. I figured myself out. That's so cool. I'm wondering how old you were when you came out to anyone that wasn't you. And also, if you don't want to talk about age, that's super fair. It was when I started looking things up. I think I was in my late 20s, at least. Mm -hmm. But it wasn't until I was like 30, 31, where I came out to myself, where I had that Mm self-realization. And um, pretty much... Like a week after I figured that all out about myself, I told my partner, I was like, hey, I think this is me and I want to start transitioning like medically and socially. Mm-hmm. And then she was like, sure, okay, we can do all the things. We can do all the research, do all those things, find a doctor blah 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 and I just said to her I've already looked all that up I've already done all the research I've already found a good doctor and then she was like oh cool we don't have to do that we can just do it now and next thing we know it was like two weeks later I'm seeing my doctor that I have now so it was from coming out to actually seeing someone, it was really quick. Mm-hmm. That's and, yeah, incredible I, to hear. How is what is trans healthcare like in Australia? Like, 
I know what the like United States system is because that's where I am. And there's plenty of hoops with getting lots of letters of recommendation and stuff. And I've heard about the UK being even more gatekeepy and basically killing the souls of trans people by making them wait on a list for seven years to even have a consultation. So it's like amazing to me to hear like, you did the research ahead of time, you came out and then a week later you had an appointment. Like, what? Should we all move yeah. to Australia? What's the plan? What's happening? <laughs> The thing so is, smart. the reason I did a lot of the research to begin with, because I knew my partner was going to be supportive because at the time she was doing uh, her PhD in, she was writing her PhD book on queer superheroes. I think the document was called Out of the Closet and Saving the Day or something like that. Oh. So I knew she was going to be supportive. Mm -hmm. But the reason I did a lot of the research was I knew her first question was going to be, are you going to be safe? Is it safe to start all the medical stuff? So mm. that's where a lot of my research went. Like and housing, so, partner, domestic-wise safety? Or at uh, work too, like, probably? It was more like, am I... Is, it, is HRT going to reduce my lifespan or what are the risks involved in all that? Because we'll probably get into this later, but I have a big history of like medical problems. So <clears throat> that's why I did a lot of that research because mm -hmm. I just didn't, I didn't want her to worry about me. Mm -hmm. So when it comes to trans healthcare in Australia, it really depends on who. I'm very lucky to be living in my area because it's one of the best places in Australia to do anything like this. So my doctor has a few hundred trans patients. He, he does seminars for doctors at my university so they can learn on how to treat trans people, not in just a medical way, but also socially. This is how you have to treat them. This is how you have to put them into your system. This is how you do whatever. So I'm very lucky to have him. So it depends on who you see, but you can get your HRT and blockers like right away. My doctor doesn't require you but he recommends that like a psychologist but not for in a gatekeepy way but more for your own mental health way because he wants everyone to be on your side and help you through the whole thing so if you're having trouble socially and all that type stuff or if you're having like internal conflicts he has those resources of the psychologist and his his medical team to help you through all of it when it came down to the endocrinologist that i had to go see there was a little bit of a waiting list because um not because i don't know it's it's weird they have other people they have to see but there are like a lot of trans people going through the system now. It's actually making the lines longer because mm -hmm. he has so many patients. And my endocrinologist is thinking about opening like a clinic just for trans folks. Yeah, that's the only reason why I um had to wait a while 
to see them because there were so many of us. But yeah, there's no real gatekeepy stuff that I've had to deal with apart from waiting times pretty much. But yeah, so if like I want to have a surgery or something like that, I just go see my doctor and hey, this is what I want. And he's cool. We'll set that up for you. So yeah, it's kind of different because there's no real insurance type stuff for certain surgeries. Certain bottom surgery stuff isn't covered by insurance. We're a bit behind on that in Australia, but depending on if your doctor knows on how to put it on like the public system, you can get a lot of stuff cheaper or for free. So it's, it really depends on where you are. Yeah. I have more questions about health related medically things. How do you feel about yep. going that, wandering that direction? That's fine. Cool. Yes. As a reminder to the chat, you also can ask anything, type in the chat and the mods will pass it to us. So you, you mentioned at one point in our conversations back and forth preparing for today that you spent your second birthday or no, you spent two birthdays in the hospital, not your second birthday. Maybe it was also your second birthday when you were little because you had medical issues throughout your life and you are a cancer survivor. How yeah. does cancer play into all the trans things and the medical trans things? When I was uh, one year and six months old, mm -hmm. I was I was mauled by a dog in the Philippines. Mm -hmm. So you know how they say dogs can smell cancer? This dog that attacked me, like chomped on to the exact spot that I had the cancer on my arm. You can oh see that gosh. like my, my arms are different sizes. Uh -huh. Wow. So the dog bit onto the exact spot where the cancer was. Are your so arms I went different sizes because of the bite or because of the cancer later? Because the cancer later. But uh, so after the dog attacked me, they took me to hospital this was in the Philippines and they took me to the hospital and they were like, Hey, you've got cancer here pretty much. That's so so wild. they, they flew me back home to Australia and I pretty much after that spent almost two years in hospital. So I spent two birthdays in there. So my second birthday and my third birthday were in in hospital getting like all that out. I went through chemotherapy. I went through radiotherapy. My hair fell out. Apparently I was born with what my grand, my grandma would say. I was born with golden blonde hair. And when I had the chemotherapy and the hair fell out and grew back, it grew back this color. The story I is wild in so many places. <laughs> It's an incredible story. So, wow. I'm so, so glad you're here to tell it. Thank you. But uh, yeah, so they were going to pretty much get rid of the whole arm, but they managed to save the arm and all that, which because that happened, it's grown differently, differently to my right hand. 
So the growth is a bit stunted. So you can see that my left hand is actually smaller than my right hand. Mm -hmm. So I can curl my fingers over the top of them. But the funny thing is I'm left-handed. <laughs> so <laughs> the side I had the cancer on, I write with. And there are stories of me at the hospital with coloring books and I'm putting the coloring pencils and stuff into my left hand and my parents are like no no no, use your right hand you've had surgeries and stuff on it and then they put in my right hand and I'm just like no <laughs> I will not <laughs> no I'm left-handed so that's incredible ever since that I've had I don't medical troubles like I've had other tumors I've had like other things I had a tumor in my head one time which was oh like goodness. between my nose and my eyeball under the bone I have yeah. I've had a nerve cancer in my leg I've got a giant scar on my leg that's like this scar is like this size mm -hmm. I've got the same length one on my leg apparently it's it was this really rare form of nerve cancer that only a very small percent of people in the world have and then they only found it it was encased in a cyst in my leg so it was actually like the cyst was saving me because oh, wow. it wasn't like getting out of it so I had that cut out so I've only got like feeling in I've lost feeling in the top like left part of my left leg it's really weird mm. So I just, every few years, there's always some sort of medical problem that I have to deal with. Like the one that was in my face, that was cut out. But then I had trouble a bit later where the wound opened back up and blood was like rushing out so much that I was like crying blood pretty much. That's like um, super goth and hardcore. Yeah, so when I tell people the story about that, they're like, oh, do you have any pictures? Because that sounds really cool. I'm like, no, I'm not. Like, I was freaking I was out. I was panicking at the time. Pictures. Heck, <laughs> if you but, were crying um, blood, would you stop to take a selfie? No. Because <laughs> I remember I was just oh sitting gosh. there and my vision starts going brown and then it goes all black and I'm like, what's going on? And then people were just, apparently people were looking at me freaking out because blood was just coming out of my face. My <laughs> kitty had a bite on her face and then her face did the same thing. And I just threw her in a plastic box and took her to the vet right away. I was like, I, I don't know what to do. You're going to the cat ER. Here we go. <laughs> the ironic thing so... is we had an appointment with the vet 30 minutes later. We just were early. Oh. And I was like, please help. It got worse faster than we thought it would. <laughs> the whole time. <laughs> Please continue. Yes. So I'm no stranger to the, to the whole hospital system. So this whole time of having all these medical problems, from when I was really young, I'd always have constant migraines. Mm -hmm. Like every, like once a month, I'd have a really bad one and it would last two, three days. And this would last up until my my 30s where like 
it got to the point where I would have a migraine once a week and I'd go to the doctor about it. They couldn't find anything uh, mm. while I was having all these migraines all the time. And I saw one doctor who just asked me, are you stressed about anything? Mm-hmm. And I'm like, no, I'm not stressed. I'm like super chill, like all the time. But it was right after that where I started researching HRT stuff. And when I came out to my partner and we went to see my doctor that I have now and got my HRT, I stopped having migraines. So the literal stress I was under, like, not being who I was causing me so much stress that it was physically hurting me. Wow. I have, I've had like maybe one or two migraines since, Mm -hmm. but it is nothing that it was compared to before. Was one of them when the Java Log Jam shenanigans went down and everything on the internet broke? (laughs) A lot of programmers are really stressed out that week. (laughs) No, I'm I'm usually like, oh. (laughs) That look, that was such a good look. You remind me of my wife in that moment. She's also a software engineer. (laughs) It was probably stressed due to like uni and all that that stuff. um, Yeah, yeah, I do want to ask you about university, but before pivoting there, there's one more of your identities that we haven't acknowledged yet. And you are a person of color. Yeah, so my background is Filipino. So I'm I'm a mixed race of Australian-Filipino, but if you go back a little bit further, it's Scottish, English, Spanish, Malaysian. I'm like a mix of everything. But in Australia, yeah, you can, by looking at me, I look different from a lot of the other Filipinos, but I'm not exactly white either. So Mm -hmm. I stand out in both groups. I have experienced a lot of racism from both sides, I, I guess you'd say. But yeah, growing up, I was in a small town. So I was like the only Asian kid in in my year growing up I've had to deal with a lot of that stuff too mm-hmm. so that's affected me quite a bit but that's why when it comes to a lot of the transverse stuff I'm pretty vocal about having lots of representation for lots of different groups we need this we need that we mm-hmm. need have all these yeah totally so there there was a an event that happened in hollywood yesterday that many people have opinions about and for me as a white person all i'm doing is boosting people of color's opinion about it because i'm not a person of color and it is not my business to say anything about it (laughs) 
So I agree with yeah, you. I, Representation it, matters. And people who have identities saying their opinions about things is way more relevant. If there were cis people out there making statements about trans stuff, like I'm sure there are all the time, everywhere, forever. If there were cis people declaring opinions about some trans event that had happened that would be similar to that, I would probably also be like, sit down and listen. Listen to the trans people talk about this. This is not your arena. Your job here is to be an ally and listen. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So I agree with you that representation matters and like how powerful that you're part of this trans media network that's starting up that's like pushing all of those directions at the same time and taking on so many projects that are intended to support people of different ages, different races, uh, different gender diversities. So we do have a question from the chat. Mirami asks, what is the most welcoming thing for you to see as a person of color in a new community? Pretty much. Like, this is going to sound bad because I've experienced it before. Not just immediately pointing out, hey, you're a person of color. Mm -hmm. <laughs> because it doesn't really, because I am, it doesn't affect what I can do. Mm -hmm. So there have been lots of times in like with my gaming stuff when I used to go to tournaments more, I've had people say things like, oh yeah, they're good because they're Asian. Oh god. Because and things like that. They'd say it in a positive way, but it's not. Yeah. And it's like Pointing, they're pointing things out like that all the time. And yeah, when getting into a new group and that doesn't happen, I'm like, okay, good. We've gone past the first step of people not pointing it out. Mm -hmm. But unfortunately, it's something that happens quite a bit. Yeah, you're getting um, some eye rolls and yikeses that are <laughs> on your side at those other people. <laughs> Yeah. It's um, it's like when you go to those things and since they're so male dominated, they're mm -hmm. like, Oh, there's a gamer girl and everyone Yeah. Uh -huh. Yeah. What will they say when they see the gamer lesboy? It's me, the gamer lesboy. You don't know what to do with me, do you, <laughs> random dudes? <laughs> you can't objectify me because I have a beard. Lol. <laughs> yeah. So, tangenting onto the gaming stuff, like, mm -hmm. I haven't really gone to tournaments as me now, so mm -hmm. it'd be interesting to see the, um, I know, reactions that people have when I do go there. So that that is something that I've thought about. What's going to happen? What are people going to say? people that used to go to competitions there before I don't know if they'll recognize me so I'll mm -hmm. be the new a new person again yeah. so that is something that like stopped me from wanting to go back into those spaces but mm -hmm. also it's something that makes me go 
I do want to go into those spaces because of like that reason. Mm-hmm. I want to know like how those how good those groups are with things now. So yeah. that is something I'll probably experience soon. I haven't been able to do it because, you know, COVID has pretty much closed things down. So I managed to like transition in private. So no one got to see the journey. Yeah. So it's duckling, pretty much the duckling stages. It, that it'll in. be like a new thing. Yeah. It's, I do think that one of the sort of hidden benefits of pandemic is a lot of trans people, one, realized they were trans, two, got to get the very beginning, very awkward parts out of the way while they were at their houses not seeing people for two years. Because if someone does that now, when the world's starting to open up again, it's like, where did you go? But everyone was in their house. So there's this little once in a lifetime special event that happens that trans people got a reprieve and got to hatch in private for once. <laughs> it's yeah, such an so interesting cultural thing that happened just now. Yeah. So because when I started everything medically, everything hadn't closed just yet. It was mm-hmm. just about to. I started going to uni classes and... I know I, it was obvious that I was different from everyone else, but when I went there, I would specifically choose like specific study groups that would look more accepting to me, but I did meet this queer group in my maths class who had, there was a non-binary person, there was trans men, trans women, and some other people in it and this was just in my like normal maths class so I managed to I came in late and I saw them I'm like okay that's gonna be my most accepting group so I'm gonna go and join that and study with them but so I make good friends with them so I didn't really have to explain myself to people and have to like get any probing questions from them which was nice But then everything shut down and then I managed to, I got to transition privately because all the classes went online and then it was only recently all the classes opened back up and I got to go to uni Mm -hmm. as, as Rosa, which was really nice. My wife has a question for you. She is also a trans woman who's been going to, there are these grad students that have these voice training classes. And so for their, like their education, they train trans women or whoever, not only trans women, but whoever signs up to be their guinea pig for the semester. And my wife has done this at least two semesters now as the guinea pig, not as the instructor. And she's wondering, how did you go about voice training? Because I can tell you there are many trans femmes in the chat who are very impressed by your voice. Well, my voice training started, it was only four or five months after I started things medically. And I pretty much just made the decision of, I'm going to start voice training. I'm just going to go at it as hard as I can because the most important thing I found out was 
the consistency of practicing. Mm -hmm. And I would look online and look at tutorials and try to follow all the instructions, but nothing actually stuck. Like it, it never worked. So I pretty much came up with my own system for myself. So pretty much I just practiced every single day. I would practice in the car while I'm driving, just talking to myself. I would sit at home, um, just like humming to a certain point, like just to get my voice up to that point. So mm -hmm. I would just do, and then I try to talk in that tone and get my vocal cords like used to that. Mm -hmm. And then I'd step it up slowly and just do it every day, pretty much. Mm -hmm. I love the humming before speaking idea. Because just yeah. today I was in the car driving around, which I haven't done in a while, and I was singing along to the song. And I was like, what if I tried dropping this an octave? And I was like, singing down here. Oh, and it was super fun. And I love the use of humming and singing to pitch your speaking voice because... I, in both of our cases, I think there is roughly 30 or 31 or 32 years of experience with a different speaking voice before deciding, yeah. I want to speak at a different register. <laughs> yeah, it's like, it was hard at first. And there are certain things that you have to take into consideration as well. Like you can't go too far in one direction or else it sounds weird and off. Mm -hmm. so like go it, too it, yeah some people call it like the mickey mouse effect mm -hmm. so that's something that i don't look out for i i actually used to be even higher than what i was now but i've actually dialed it down a little because it just sounded weird to me hmm. just finding i know the correct spot is a thing too even if you go like super high that might not be where you want so it's something that you do have to practice like a lot but yeah all my stuff is self-taught so i get asked like questions a lot oh where did you like where did you get your information to practice and i'm always i can't help you because I taught myself. But what you taught yourself is pretty rad. Yeah, so practice, consistency is is mm -hmm. the main thing. Yeah, it seems like any habit, consistency is truly key. And speaking is quite a habit to adjust, isn't it? Mm -hmm. Oh my gosh. Like I like a lot of people feel this, but when I first started I know I felt embarrassed oh I feel silly talking in a different voice and that is definitely a thing that you have to overcome because <laughs> I, I did feel really weird doing it but that feeling goes away after you practice a bit like in your brain imposter syndrome of oh no this is super weird I like, what? this is not my voice. Why am I talking like this? This, no, you just, 
it's something that I had to really get over. Like Mm -hmm. I would practice alone because of it and I wouldn't talk to other people with the with the voice I was practicing with because I did feel embarrassed about it but yeah it's something that I had to overcome yeah one of my favorite recordings on my cell phone is my spouse singing in the shower because it was first thing in the morning and it's like the deepest I've ever heard her voice (laughs) she intentionally did this really low-pitched croonings song and it's like completely not safe for work the lyrics are so ridiculous with her consent maybe i'll dm it it to you after the show but it was just like it's funny to hear her (laughs) singing way down there like on my on my twitch channel i do play some games that require a lot of reading so Mm -hmm. i do do voices for a lot of characters and i do go and use my old voice for some of the male characters so it, it's weird. Once you train your voice, you can you know, control, if you want, go back down to the lower octaves if you want. So it, it helps with you get to control what your body does, which is cool. And yeah, I've been told by a lot of people like, oh, you should go into voice acting and all that stuff. But I trip over all my words all the time. I would be the worst voice actor. That's as a autistic neurodivergent ADHD person, I too trip over my words, especially after I got a traumatic brain injury. It's like word spaghetti coming out of my mouth. Sometimes I grab all the words that are next to the one I'm trying to remember and smush them together. And I'm like, here's a pile of ideas. Do you know what I'm trying to say? Mm." Yep. And then, like, that is something that I've thought about a lot recently, too. Like, I'm probably am neurodivergent in some way that I haven't had anything formally recognized. But, yeah, I understand the whole, like, word spaghetti thing and then just immediately going off on tangents and then, I don't know, just oh, let's talk about this. Oh, wait, but that was important to this. And now I have to talk about that and then that. And then, then, yeah, it's definitely something I have to deal with. Like I have to, you probably noticed that I I pause a lot because I'm like going, okay, I have to get everything all straight to Mm -hmm. what I'm talking about. I can't go off on too many tangents or else it just sounds like I am going off topic in so many different ways. Are you also a recovering person? Because <laughs> all I've learned is to just not say anything instead of filler words, but I have not learned how to speak quickly. <laughs> yeah, it's definitely something that I've had to get used to. <laughs> and yeah, I've had people tell me, even at work, like, you, you talk a lot. Like, you... <laughs> You just say a lot of things. Like, I, I just have to get it all out. Just go. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And sometimes there's this thing called info dumping, which I'm sure you've heard of, where especially mm-hmm. people with special interests who tend to be neurodivergent are like, here's all this research I did about this thing that I really care about. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> it's just like, woo, all the info. <laughs> yeah. 
info dumping is fun and takes time it does it does oh my goodness there are so many threads to follow the next one on my list is competitive gaming but for those wondering what else i want to talk about i also have university work and streaming to ask you about eventually do you want to talk about competitive gaming oh we can talk about that cool what genres of games do you or have you in the past participated in and what are some of your favorite competitive games okay so i'm a bit of an all-rounder when it comes to competitive gaming i think i just like competing with other people in games i think that's just what it is but i have gone to the official pokemon championships i have participated in fighting games at at PAX. I've even run a tournament, an official tournament at PAX as well. I've gone to Mario Kart tournaments. I am Smash Brothers. I entered a team in the Splatoon tournament. I've done Call of Duty tournaments. I've done I've done quite a lot. But yeah, one of my favorite favorite games to be competitive in is don't know if anyone's heard of this. Soul Calibur. It's a it's a sword fighting or weapon fighting um, game. It's like Tekken in a way. Yeah, made by the it's made by the same company. But that is one of my favorite video game series to compete in. Soul Calibur is just I don't know it just itches that itch for me. Do you have a favorite button combo in your Soul Calibur oh. play? Okay, so I play the character Cassandra in Soul Calibur, and yeah, her quarter circle forward thing is just like a thing I just do all the time. I love it so much. I love that you're doing the gesture as you're talking about it. (laughs) I'm genuinely delighted by this rabbit trail we're running down. Oh, that's so fun. Yeah, I went to the last big tournament I went in, which was actually at PAX in Melbourne in Australia, was for Soul Calibur, which I think I got to the quarterfinals, I think. Really cool. The quarterfinals. But at that same tournament, or that same PAX, I also held the Mario Tennis Aces tournament for the Nintendo Switch. That's the one I hosted. I gave out the medals and everything as well. Oh my gosh. That's um, so fun. Because Mario Tennis, it's not a sports game. It's a fighting game. You've got health <laughs> bars. You've got special attacks. You've got like everything <laughs> that a fighting game has, but it's in the form of tennis. That's amazing. And oh my God, the I'm reason why, yourself. the reason why I held the tournament they had someone else that was running the tournament but they didn't know what they were doing and I was there on the day as a competitor I was not there to run the tournament but then they're like you know what you're doing you can run it because I'm actually for a while I was actually the Australian number one for Mario Tennis Aces 
in Australia. If anyone goes, all of our hearts still. If you are in Australia and you go look at the leaderboards, you will see my name at the top there. That's amazing. But yeah, that was the whole reason I went to PAX was to compete in this tournament. Then I got stuck with running the whole thing. That's amazing. So that that's a game that I really love, Mario Tennis. It's a really fun game, but oh, it can get so competitive. I do actually run, I help run a Discord which has all of Australia's like top players. And so we we hold tournaments, we just hold friendly games, but we have most of the top players from the leaderboard in this one Discord, which is pretty cool. That's so fun. I can't remember if you mentioned anything about Ocarina of Time randomizer speedrun shenaniganery that you've been getting into on your Twitch stream, but oh my gosh, I've seen this much of it because you stream at four in the morning my time or something, so I'm like, why am I awake? Rose is going on. This means I'm definitely awake too late, and so sometimes I'll come watch because yeah. I, I can't sleep or whatever, and it's just, I already like... I only ever watched Ocarina of Time. Like, it was my favorite game as a kid that my best friend played and I would watch. But I don't know the game well enough to know what's supposed to be anywhere. And then it's, you're fighting the Master Sword somewhere totally random. And I'm like, what is happening with this game right now? (laughs) I've done a few randomizers of different games on my channel. But I just, I don't like to do just straight up randomizers or speedruns, I have to put my own spin on it. Mm-hmm. So the Ocarina of Time one that I did, I made it into a race. So I had two other people streaming with me. I had all this, all our screens on the screen and I could switch between them if anyone was doing anything important. But we would all have the same file. So all the things were in the same place for all of us so we would like screen cheat off each other and like (laughs) just it was just all hectic and then yeah if someone went really quiet you knew that they were doing something important because they didn't want you to know yeah i found the heavy boots there they are (laughs) yeah it's and i did the same thing with um pokemon pokemon fire red uh randomizer it was the same kind of thing where I had, we had three of us playing and it was a race to who could complete the Elite Four first. And in the Pokemon the you caught were randomized? You know, and all the, the traders were randomized? Yep. Yeah. The thing is, the trainers were themed. So each trainer had a type themes. We would go other players to, oh, you should go fight that gym so we can get information on that gym so we That's can prepare so for it oh it was really fun That's super fun we i implemented like a whole point system so if a pokemon it was a nuzlocke too so oh, not just no. a randomizer a and nuz- a randomizer i can't even imagine <laughs> oh my gosh and then so every time you caught a pokemon you would get like 100 points and every time a pokemon fainted you lost 50 points so it was not just a race and it wasn't just a nuzlocke it was also point-based too, so I made it as hectic as possible. I would like <clears throat> to join in this party. Can I please join you sometime for Pokemon Randomizer? I've wanted to do a Pokemon Randomizer ever since I saw it existed, and I have zero technical skills to pull it off. And my darling wife who knows how to code is far too busy 
to go learn how to do this because she's not a gamer and then yeah. explain it to me. So if you're willing to help me figure out <laughs> how the heck to Pokemon randomizers, I have a dream of playing <laughs> Let's Go Pikachu, Let's Go Eevee as a randomizer. Like, I would love that so hard in all of the, like, Elder millennials who have all the Pokemon red blue like nostalgia would be like, why is Mewtwo on Route Four or whatever? And I just yeah. I want it so bad. <laughs> yeah, like with this one, one of the people that was with us, they they caught a legendary at the beginning. No, so we were all like going, no, it needs to die. Come on, you're what beating us it? too badly. It was really low. It was a Kyogre, but what? um, it was, it was pretty much. It was pretty much like wiping out like everything. <laughs> and then eventually they, I don't know, they overextended too much and their whole team got wiped out. <clears throat> and we're like, yes, this is our time to catch up. It was, so incredible. Um, it was really fun. I love that so much. Oh my gosh. Okay, my brain is totally distracted by thinking about Pokemon randomizers now. It's, I want to hyper-focus on this thing. So instead, I'm going to read the question. What is your favorite thing about streaming? And what's the general theme or style that you apply to your overlays or your branding? And how do you navigate your stream to work along with your transition? Was there a time you were a VTuber only because trans? And then now your face is around? Um. Or... What's the streaming deal? Okay, so the internet in Australia is notoriously bad. And I didn't get to, into streaming until I think it was two years ago when the in actually got what we call the NBN, which is fiber to... We don't get fiber to the house, we get fiber to the node. It's a really weird system, but... I went from like my download speed to eight megabits to 50 megabits. We can't even get like a gigabit connection to the house here. It's, that's a whole nother topic for us, but Australian internet is notoriously bad. So getting good internet coincided with me, like, I know six months into my transition and I've always wanted to stream, but I never had the internet available to do it. Mm -hmm. So I started pretty much immediately after I got the good speeds. I never used my VTuber thing actually came in after as like a fun thing on my stream. Mm -hmm. I've always had my camera on, so I've always been visible on my streams I don't really stream myself as like a, a trans streamer because all my content isn't about my transition it's just about me playing games and that's pretty much all I want to do all my trans related stuff is on the transverse mm -hmm. and where I'm very visible and about that over there but on my channel i'm just like hey let's just hang out and play video games that that's all i want to do is just play games that i enjoy and mm -hmm. games that i want to show that that i enjoy like this game is fun 
I want you to enjoy it too. Yeah. That's pretty much what my channel is about. Mm -hmm. What tags do you use when you go live? I usually use Australian, LGBTQIA+. I'm not sure. Is there a... I haven't fiddled with them for a while, so I don't remember, but I always have closed captions on. Mm -hmm. So I have that tag. I think I have... I used to have Demi on there, but and Pan, but I I don't it can't I don't have it doesn't have the right tags that I want that I had to identify as. So I don't put them on anymore because that's technically not me. Right. But I just when, want to show that like with the LGBTQIA plus one, yeah. I just want to show that my my spot is like safe for anyone who identifies as that because I'm in that too. So mm-hmm. if you are also in that, it's all good on my channel. But yeah, my, my channel is more about, I know, just enjoying the games we play. That's wonderful. It's important to have space where you're not talking about or defending identities. You just get to be a person. With hobbies, yeah, that, that's like all yeah, the other that's people. Pretty much it. Yeah, um, I love that. So I, I would say that like fifty, it's like fifty-fifty of trans and cis people on in my audience. Mm-hmm. And if people do start talking about trans-related stuff, I will talk about it. And that, that it has come up, but it's not something that I talk about heaps on my channel because mm-hmm. that's not what I'm there for. That's all on the transverse stuff. So mm-hmm. I'm, yeah, I, I try to keep them separated, but not separated at the same time. Yeah. But So if we visit, yeah. if someone's worried about outing you or something, do you, does your audience know you're trans? Is it saying your bio at all? Or is it like, um, it don't bring it up ever? That, no, people can talk about it. And if I want it, that's the thing. If, it does come up. I want it to come up naturally. So it's, oh, hey, this streamer that I've been watching for ages and I enjoy her stuff. Oh, they're trans too, because I don't Mm -hmm. want to scare people away by, I don't know, being super upfront and like in your face about it. I want Mm -hmm. them to, people who would probably not watch my stuff because of knowing that I want to like use no I kind of want to educate them at the same time by subtly doing it Mm -hmm. uh, in a way yeah I was listening to a podcast this morning called stealth it's a trans masculine podcast it's like guys who transitioned from 2000 or earlier talking about what it's like now as a trans elder and one person on the show is talking about how they are a therapist and they pass or I think he passes let me switch pronouns sorry he passes and but there's plenty of his cis man clients that don't know his identity and part of why he doesn't lead with that information is because those guys may not go see him if they knew and he gets to slip in stuff about like toxic masculinity and other feminist topics 
And because they think he's a cis guy, even though he's not, they listen to him. <laughs> so it's that's, that's similar that's... sort of like trickster for the, the betterment of the world kind of energy. I like it. <laughs> that, that's what why I'm doing it, because I want to teach or just or subtly teach people about things who would otherwise avoid it because yeah that that's something i from the beginning that's what i wanted to do was to educate people pretty much that's so cool and it takes all kinds right like my content is very different from yours like we have this show where we're literally talking about like gender related stuff once a week and then I do play video games and then I also goof off and we look at memes on Thursdays for the lols because we can but like my whole overlay is very non-binary like it's everywhere it's unmistakably everywhere and for me part of that is I want the other trans people on the platform to find me and to come hang out and I want the little baby eggs that are like trying to figure their stuff out to like hop in the audience and listen and cook a little while if they feel like it. So it's slightly different audiences, but even in the pre-show I was talking about trying to make content on Instagram that's for the allies and the moms and the whoever's that don't really know much about what trans people are about and how challenging that can be. <laughs> so there's like, definitely like value my... reaching to all those different audiences for sure. Yeah. On my Instagram, I'm very publicly out and I talk about a lot of my experiences on there mm -hmm. and I do link back to my Twitch from there and yeah, I have a lot of different social media accounts which are all different but they all link back to like my Twitch so it's even though it's not something I publicly like I know talk about on my Twitch it's I know I try to I want to bring like different groups of people together and then I know bond over a I know a shared love which is gaming mm -hmm. which yeah I, I think it has worked pretty well in in a positive way in my favor doing it that way and a lot of the different groups I'm a part of they for example, my Mario Tennis group that I'm a part of, mm -hmm. I never really came out there, but the staff know, but my my name just changed and I know they've been coming to my streams and we sometimes talk about things, sometimes we don't talk about trans-related stuff, but everyone's stayed, so... I must be doing something. Has the transverse ever rated you while you're live or the time zones are too far apart? Yeah, there? I think my time zones are too far apart because now would be the time would when we started like a few yeah. hours, an hour ago, they mm -hmm. were still on. Yeah. But from, I'm actually streaming today, but it's in six hours. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> so it's... I think Which it's like two thirty in the morning my time on yeah. the west coast, and five thirty in the morning on the east coast of the U.S. Yeah, so I am thinking about doing 
a stream about around this time, maybe a little bit earlier on my Monday, which would be your Sunday. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. On a so, Sunday night. I like that. Sunday nights are quiet. That's a good time to be doing a thing. Yeah. I was just imagining what would happen if your audience was hanging out with you and you're just like playing Mario Kart or whatever. And then all of a sudden, 20 transverse people show up and they're like, in my mind, yeah. I'm just imagining everyone like waving their breast forms in the air. Yeah, we're here. We're queer. We're doing it. <laughs> yeah, I I do. A lot of my my viewers, like my, a lot of my regulars, actually, it skews more with the trans folks. It skews more trans mask and non-binary than it does trans femme mm. and then on the cis folk side it's more cis guys but you would think those groups wouldn't mix together well but it they do they we mm -hmm. all get along really well and when the trans folks do start asking questions or bring up trans related stuff Usually you don't see the cis folk, they don't leave, they don't, they're pretty good with listening or like actually asking questions or saying things, but in a respectful way, which is mm -hmm. really nice. My next question is a total shift of topic. What are you studying in university? What is that whole thing? It's not a big shift that I do. I'm doing a Bachelor's of Computer Science. I was doing a major in Robotics and Artificial Intelligence, but I recently changed that to just Applied Computer Science, which included game development. So I've been doing some of those classes, which has been really fun. But yeah, lots of programming and a lot of mathematics. That's awesome. I have a handful of game dev acquaintances and friends who are either BIPOC and or queer slash trans. And oh my gosh, I can't wait for all of those games to exist in the world. I'm like pumped. <laughs> yeah, I, I do know a few people in the gaming industry um, that, that are trans, which is really cool. But yeah, gaming like game development stuff is has been something that I've wanted to get into but I'm still not sure about because I do enjoying games more than I do I don't know getting into the nitty-gritty of actually making them but I'm not sure if I want to that's the path I want to go down yeah thankfully software engineering is a very flexible field and there's oh my gosh so much you can do with that what is your favorite programming language? Uh, Ooh, I'm asking uh, the spicy questions now. There are some things that I love and I hate about lots of different languages. Like, for example, C++ can do a lot of things, but I also dislike things that I can do. I can break things easily in C++. Mm -hmm. But when it comes to, say, C Sharp, or Java or JavaScript, they're really easy, but I don't know, they're not as in-depth as C++. So mm -hmm. it depends on what I want to do at the time. Mm -hmm. What about Python? 
Python, I haven't, because I started learning on how to program probably uh, 10, 12 years ago, which which I don't even I don't even remember hearing about Python until a lot later. Mm-hmm. So it's not something that I've dabbled in, but I've had people ask me like, "Oh, I'm I'm new to Python, but I don't know how to do this certain thing." So there have been times where I've gone, "Okay, I'm going to quickly learn Python and l- answer your question. I know how to do it. I know how to program in Python, but I've never actually built something in Python." But mm. it seems easy enough to get a hang of, especially for other programming languages already. Yeah. Python is my wife's favorite language. <laughs> and I just listened. I, I like went to a tech like lunch yesterday with 10 programmers. And one of them just was pulling her hair out about how 10 years ago, the company didn't start moving from Python 2 to Python 3, and now they have all this tech debt that they're trying to catch up on and the misery that is tech debt. And I was just like, yeah. <laughs> Anyways. Yeah, it, I, I have worked with companies where they're like, don't want to upgrade their systems until the next one is almost out. And then, it, yeah, I, I understand that that whole like, Working with old tech and people not upgrading stuff at my actual work, I, um, yeah, there were, when I was working there regularly, we still were using programs that ran in DOS. So that's, there's other programs that you could use that are more modern and don't require like, five character restrictions on file names. I don't know why we're still using this. All right, everyone. We did tell you it would be an intersectional conversation today. So if your eyes glazed over for the last five minutes while we talked about code. Okay. (laughs) Oh, it's so fun. Oh, my gosh. So you're going to university. You're doing all the shenanigans for the transverse. You stream. You also sometimes competitively game slash run tournaments for randos. And yeah. do you also have a day job in addition to all of this? Yes. Oh <laughs> my gosh. How do you sleep enough? I, How do you have time to be on the show right now? <laughs> I think that's the thing. I, oh, yeah. I go to sleep at like 2 a.m. in the morning because I'm just busy doing things all the time I don't do my like actual day job as much anymore I scaled back on that they were really nice about it hey I'm wanting to start uni I want to reduce my hours and all that stuff and that they were great with all that I was pretty much the head of IT you would say for this engineering consultancy I was working for like I built all their computers, I ran the network, I built their server and all that stuff. I also built all the templates in all their Excel data processing stuff, all those fun things. But yeah, I haven't been working there as much since starting uni. That doesn't put as much pressure on me as it used to, but yeah, that's my my day job. Pretty much. I love it. 
Are there any other special interests or hobbies or activities that you would like to geek out about or talk about before I ask oh. my couple of uh, wrap-up questions? There's a lot of things that I'm into. Like on the transverse, I used to run a um, host a show called Builder's Block, which mm-hmm. is now run by Emily and Jess. And I think Mimi is going to do stuff on there. Mimi's the one who's replacing me on the show. I build like uh, Gundam model kits. Mm-hmm. So I build like robots and stuff. I... My last project on there was a Zoid, if anyone knows what that is. It's a mechanical mecha animal, pretty much. So that's something I enjoy doing. Like, I I just like building things. Mm -hmm. You're a true engineer. My wife is the exact same. Like, Legos are her favorite thing. Besides actually getting to write code instead of sit in Zoom meetings about writing code. (laughs) Yeah, so, like, in my spare time, in my spare time, I, like, go, what would be fun to spend my time on? More coding. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to do more work on my Discord bot than I'm working on. That's amazing. So, yeah, that that's something that I don't just do it for work-related stuff. I just mm-hmm. enjoy coding stuff. Because it, it just works that creative side of me. Mm-hmm. I get to pretty much build something out of nothing. And it's just nice to see when all your stuff comes together and works properly. Yeah, it's cool. One time I, my wife was like, here, I'll code something for you. Just come up with a random idea. And I was like, okay, make something so that when I type words, it makes each letter a different color of the rainbow in the Rojibiv order repeating forever and she like did it in python in five minutes and then i was like what and i could like type in the command prompt it would be all the fun colors and i was like what is happening (laughs) but then i was like okay now put it in google docs or microsoft Word so i can use it and she was no i don't know how to do that or it's really hard to do that or whatever and i was like oh (laughs) microsoft word was like programming stuff and that was one of the things i had to do a lot for work and they're like oh can we can we make it do this and I'm like oh I don't know but I'll give it a go and then I always whenever I do my coding stuff I always try to make it as user-friendly as possible so that you don't need to know a lot about programs or anything like that I want to make it so that anyone can use the stuff I make which is one of the things that I'm always thinking about when I do my Aegis and Transverse stuff if I if I build something I want anyone to be able to use it like you don't have to remember lines of codes to enter in like yeah forward slash name of function and then input and blah 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 Mm -hmm. i i make it so that there's always like a button or a drop down box and then you get to choose options so it's really easy for you mean you build a user interface too yeah incredible Uh, (laughs) i don't know if you've seen it but i've 
been working on this like little side project, which was part of the whole leveling system on the transverse. Yeah. Where it has a little mini RPG attached transverse to it. RPG. I saw that channel yeah. get created like this week or something. So that's actually been a secret channel there for like six months. It's been there for a while and it's just been there in the background. That's what all the levels on there with run the stars. through. With all the stars and all that. Yeah. So that's been there from the beginning. But this little extra thing attached, like if you look, I've got drop down boxes and all buttons. You don't have to type, really have to type any commands or anything. Well, it's all just run through that. I've actually made it in a way so that if someone else wants to put the bot in like another Discord, that is available and all the levels and everything are shared between the Discords. Oh so my gosh. if you're active in one Discord, you actually get the levels in the other Discord because, and then if someone comes across, they're like, hey, I know you're active in that server. So I know you're like a safe person. So mm -hmm. um, that's super cool. Yeah, it's all interconnected. That's so good. I have a bot idea that I've been thinking about. And one of my assignments from my team this week is to go around and ask people if they think it's a good idea slash would be willing to pitch in money slash brain spoons slash whatever to make it exist. So I've been meaning to ask you anyways, so I'll ask you now. <laughs> and then the chat can tell me what they think too. And maybe you're secretly writing this in the background already and I just didn't know. And then I don't need to do the thing you're already doing. And then I don't have to do it <laughs> at all, which would be cool. I want a server index that is smart and updates itself. So it looks at your Discord server and says, here's categories, here's channels, here's channel descriptions. And it's smart, so you click the channel name and it'll jump you to that page. So it's capturing those like channel IDs. And every time I add a new channel or I change the channel description, it automatically updates the channel that is the server index because we've been keeping a manual index and the tech debt is ridiculous and I'm never on top of it. And I just want to cry because it's important to have the accessibility feature, especially for people with ADHD who are like, wow, this is a lot of words. I cannot. And then if I can be like, instead of looking at all the channels, here's your table of contents, it would be so nice instead of having to click every one to read all of it. So I have someone who's like willing to do it, but needs money because groceries need to be purchased to exist and yeah. function. And so I'm basically asking people like, I don't have a number, but in general, is this an idea that you'd be willing to throw a couple bucks at? And there's the upfront cost and then there's the ongoing, like, if this is created so that other people could access it, we have to pay for shards or something. I don't know. It gets more complicated than I understand at that point, but we have to pay to make it exist so that people can get to it or have devices running 24 seven, which also costs hardware. So blah, 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 words and stuff. What do you think slash are you secretly already doing this? You can just wink if you are, but you can't tell me actually. <laughs> No, that is not something I'm working on, but that is, it is possible to make something like that because if you've got a bot in Discord and it can see all the rooms, it yeah. can just grab the information of those rooms, the names or whatever, all the IDs, and then yeah. you can just put it into a, a post. If you actually see the, whatchamacallit, the bios for the staff in Transverse, you mm -hmm. can see that they're all little embedded posts 
So the staff didn't actually put those bios there. They're actually posted by my bot from our HQ Discord. Mm -hmm. If they update their bio in HQ, it also updates, can be updated in Transverse. So you can make it like update and all that stuff and even make it cross server update, which is what I've done as well. So cool. Would you be willing to think out loud with the person who's willing to write the thing about maybe how to make it happen? Yeah, I'm happy to do like programming stuff. (laughs) Yeah. My wife is also willing to help out. So maybe you'll get to hear that song after all. The three of you can sit in a voice call and yeah, and then be trans fans at each other. We can all, all three of you are trans. On, we can all argue on um, what language, what language? <laughs> and also what service it'll run on. And, and That's then why I love asking the favorite software language question because it's like it's such a. The other one is tabs versus spaces. That's the other like low hanging, easy yep. to ask, mm-hmm. controversial programmer question. Oh my gosh, yep. so fun. Remember remember to comment on all your coding because if someone else comes in and does your like into the same file, they're like, mm-hmm. what is this? Yes, document your code mm-hmm. for serious. No foolies. Oh my gosh. This is so much fun. And it's been almost two hours we've been live. So I'm going to ask you my wrap up questions so you can have your lunch or whatever. But my face still hurts from all the smiling I've been doing. So thank you so much for spending so much time with us when you're already not sleeping enough, talking about all the all of the cool things. Can you share an experience with gender euphoria? Yeah, pretty much. I would say I still get this a lot, but I still feel like super euphoric when just random people just gender me correctly in public it's I know it's very just affirming to like who I think I am who well who I am it's I know I I still have a lot of dysphoria about how I look, on how I sound. I I know it sounds silly, but I still have all that internal doubts I have about everything that I'm doing. And it's just really nice when someone random who doesn't even know you, like, compliments you or uses the right pronouns and things like that. It's the small things that, like make me happy with all that stuff i love that yeah my euphoria this week was seeing just how much of my neck beard the sunlight shows when i'm recording a a video this far from my face (laughs) so the new instagram reel thing that i'm trying what would you like to make sure folks know about your perspective on gender and non-binary slash trans issues when it comes to your own stuff I would say being patient with yourself is very important 
that is something that I've had to to learn. Just being patient with how changes, what the changes you're going through, or just how things are moving. But also, I had to be very patient with like family members as well, because it's just not me that's going through the changes and mm. having to get used to them. They are also, I don't know, they also have to get used to it as well. So patience is something that I've really had to learn. Mm. Some of my family members I don't speak to anymore, but yeah, patience is really something that is, that I've had to, I know, learn. Not everything can be done straight away. It totally takes time. Any adolescence takes time, whether you're 13 or 33. I would love to thank you for being on the show, Rosa. It's been such a delight. For folks who are watching or listening, you can catch up with Rosa as a reminder. Rosa's primary platforms are here on Twitch and over on Instagram. Username in both places is Rosa underscore Ilva, Y-L-V-A. You can also catch Rosa over at The Transverse, T-R-A-N-S-V-E-R-S-E. The Transverse has a website, a Twitch channel, a Discord server, and probably at least 15 more things I didn't just mention. So check out their website, thetransverse.net forward slash about the transverse to find out more. And do you have any special events coming up, Rosa, that you want to talk about? I know Thursday is Trans Day of Visibility. Yes, it's... I think there's going to be a stage event on the Transverse, which will be held. People who are from the Transverse are in the chat right now. If they can post, if that's going through. For me, it'll actually be the day after. So mm -hmm. sometimes I get my times mixed up. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Friday. Okay, people are saying in chat on Friday. So there is going to be a event that is going on over there which what's you can probably danny or midvani or kari the people that are in chat they can probably post the topic 5 p.m pst i do not know what time that is for me but i'll be there probably maybe if i can wake up in time if it's early in the morning but uh, yeah for the transfer stuff we've got things going on all the time during the week, we've got interviews kind of like this with Transfolk. We've got creative shows. We've got D&D. &D, we've got uh, a news show. And on my personal channel, it's I've got... It's not happening this week because I've got a trans day of uh, visibility thing I'm going to in real life, so I can't do it. But... I have community nights on Thursdays where anyone who has Mario Kart on the Switch can uh, join in with me, which is a lot of fun. Most of the time, it's just people ganging up on me in the game. <laughs> we do have a team system where people can join like certain teams, but no one ever joins my team because everyone, everyone wants to beat me up on stream. So... <laughs> That's always fun. But okay, 12 p.m. my time for the transverse thing. Thank you, Midvani. So that's midday for me. If you go to transverse, you can see all the stuff there. 
Amazing. I'd like to say that Jennifer would like to thank our guests for being on this podcast. Feel free to join us live on Twitch on Mondays, check out the replays on YouTube on Fridays, and keep an eye on your favorite podcasting platforms for edited audio-only versions. As Nefertiti says, trans rights are human rights. That's right. That'll be the end of our formal thing. That's my new ending. I just wrote it five minutes ago. <laughs> we haven't rated yet, though. So this is the after show. I threw some ideas in the Discord, but if you have a raid focus you'd like to chase it, chase down, let me know. There's something I forgot to mention. I'm having a Trans Day of Visibility thing on Thursday. We're going to have a Patreon subathon because I'm about to move to my first house that I actually own. And yeah, so we please subscribe on Patreon so that I have income, even though I'm maybe not going to go live for a week because I'm moving my whole house and life. I still really want to try to move and have it all work, but I don't know if it's going to work. Anyway, so Thursday, I have no idea what any sort of benefits will be at all. If you have ideas about that, DM me. <laughs> it's been a really challenging, chaotic time and we're all doing our best. But my plan, I'll tell you the content plan. We're going to watch, one, my wedding video, which is me and Capybara, both trans people getting married, which is only 30 minutes and very pagan. And so if you want to see some trans joy, come watch two trans people get married in the middle of pandemic right before the elections, because that is what we did. And it was very powerful to experience. Two, there's a bunch of other trans content that's on my YouTube channel. We're just going to sit and watch my YouTube together, basically. So we're going to look at Capybara, her general confirmation surgery diaries. We might not watch all of them all the way through because they're long. She was on pain meds and got long-winded at times. But there are funny videos of her singing that we will watch together. And yeah, so we're just going to do a bunch of retrospective trans joy focused things. Please stop by on Thursday. And I also stream Tuesdays and Wednesdays in addition to Mondays, usually from 11 to 2 Pacific, so earlier than this time slot. So if you work a day job and you're in the United States, drop a lurk while you're at work. Hey. Cool. Who should we raid, Rosa? Okay, so I've got one person who is a friend of mine who hasn't streamed for a while, and I'm surprised to see them on. So I think we should go to them. Cool. Let's do it. I've, I've posted their names, so... Do you want to tell people what is your friend streaming, what sort of content they do they usually are... make? So they are... Friend of mine from America, they are streaming some uh, Mega Man 3. So that is an uh, a NES game. So nice retro game. They Yeah, I haven't seen them in a while. So I don't know what they're doing, like what else they're doing. Looks like they're just chatting at the moment. But they usually a nice, like really chill, really happy person. So I think that would suit quite well. Awesome. We will totally do that. And I'm going to let one more trans woman say hi to the chat. <laughs> it's a capybara. Whoops. And because the stream is not during the daytime, you can actually say hi because you're not at work. Oh, hi. Haha. <laughs> it's good to meet hi. you. I'm an engineer too. And she's the one that asked about your cool voice training skills. Yeah. Like I'm in the market for, see, the thing is I don't, uh, do you see that we're still live on Twitch, though? Yeah, I okay. see that. Just yeah, I'm not going to sure. yeah, <laughs> do anything untoward. 
That's for the after after show in the Discord. Yeah. We'll, we'll have you sing your song. The thing is, I'm not consistent <laughs> with my practices. So I think you pointed out something. You pointed out something that's important for me yes. is to be more consistent <laughs> practicing. Yeah. 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 That, that's something that I had to really had to push myself to do was to just practice all the time or else like I would slip back into my older deeper voice and mm -hmm. yeah and the thing that kind of pushed me towards that was that I get a lot of phone calls so I just didn't want to be misgendered on the phone so that's why I really push, pushed myself to to practice mm -hmm. absolutely yeah I get misgendered on the phone and I also get misgendered in public, and it's no fun at all. I'm glad you, I'm glad that, to see you on the show. It's it was a pleasure listening to it. I was cleaning my garage. You get excited every time a programmer's on. Yeah, I do. <laughs> I asked the coding questions for you, honey. I did. I heard them. <laughs> it's I, I was I, I asked about my wife's was, special interest. <laughs> I was told I was very diplomatic yeah. on my answers. Yes, you were very diplomatic. Yes, I was. Those are very. Those are worthy of the UN. Like. <laughs> totally amazing, <laughs> Cappy. If we raid and then invite the audience to a public voice channel in the Meowsters Clatter Discord server, will you sing your song for people? Yes. The one that I talked about on the show? Yeah. I'll try to get, I'll try to warm up my voice so I can <laughs> actually sing. sing it low like that. That's really but funny. My S-O-V-T-E's, if you know what that is, <laughs> it's where you hum, you hum through your lips and you go, you go up and down in range. And yeah. Kind of cleans up your vocal stuff. So, yeah. Yeah. Very cool. Thanks again, Rosa. Thanks for picking a raid target. We'll start working on pushing the buttons to make that happen. I can't wait to see this NES game. For folks in the chat who maybe are visiting and don't know, we have this little raid message you can copy paste. The first one, if you have a subscription, it'll work everywhere. If you don't have a script subscription, you can copy the second one and still have your fun pride emotes. They'll just be the ones that are everywhere instead of only here and this has been so fun rosa thank you for all your time thank i'm you sorry we went me. over two hours and i'm really glad we got oh, to talk because this has been so fun <laughs> it's like i'm collecting them the all the day all the fun chats i'm so lucky that i get to do this as the thing that i do it's really great yay it's a lot of fun thank you yeah yeah i know if you didn't stop me i'd probably go on off like on a billion tangents it's super fair and i also wanted to go off on a billion tangents i think the main restricting factor is my physical tiredness but my like soul and heart are totally in the conversation <laughs> thank you everyone in the chat for visiting it's so nice to see you <laughs> see you again soon i hope bye everyone <laughs>